grief is a normal process that we all must experience and will experience in life. You're listening to Relationship Renegade. This is the show that brings you hard truths and realities about relationships. I am your host, Dr. Jameson Mercier, licensed clinical social worker and doctor of marriage and family therapy. And so I not only today have my co-host, Mia, what is up? Hello, what is up? How are you lovely listeners? I also have my dear wife, Herdeen Mercier with me today for the weekend edition. Yay, Herdeen. I'm so excited. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you for you. us. Thank you for getting out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a long, hard commute. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, we're glad. We're glad you're uh, joining us. Um, and for our regular listeners, you guys know that Herdina is not a stranger to the podcast. Apart from just being my wife, she's was also my co-host. And we started Relationship Renegades two years ago at the time of this episode um, when it was the couples council. Yep. So if you want to know what any of that sounds like and all the mistakes that we was making <laughs> as podcast recording rookies, please go back and listen to the early episodes and that will uh, give you an idea. Um, so, but today we have her Dean on uh, because me and I, we've been kind of talking offline about different topics and one of them is an area that her dean is certified in um, not only as a is she a licensed clinical social worker she's a certified grief coach yep okay yeah i had to think about that for a minute and so we're, we're talking about grieving we're talking about grief um it's a, it, it's a topic that's just kind of hovering over us um at, at the time that we're recording this episode. Um, the news broke about Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, for those of you who don't know who that is, that's King T'Challa of Wakanda, mm. a.k.a. Black Panther. May he rest in peace. And yeah. so, you know, so I, I know that's something, well, I'm going to assume that's impacting a lot of people, but I know that's affecting me, and I'm not even sure to what extent. Mm-hmm because I've only begun, not really begun to think about that. I say that to say, we're all dealing with grief. (laughs) And um, even if we go back to the start of the year with uh, the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant and uh, his daughter and other members of his family and friends, and then COVID has not made it any easier, right? So we just figured it, it was timely. It made sense to just talk about grief and also just look at grief within the context of relationships mm-hmm. um, and how the way we grieve can sometimes even then create additional concerns or problems within those relationships. So we don't profess to have all the answers. This is the usual disclaimer. Uh, hopefully this time Herdeen will have all the answers. <laughs> um, we're just here to talk about them and hopefully be a platform to exchange ideas. All right. Did I, did I get it right, Mia? 
I think so. I think you did a great job. That's a very thorough intro. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, babe, let, help us, I guess, give us, when we talk about grief, mm-hmm. like, give us a, a starting point, if I, you would. I think one of the things that um, people don't realize about grief, they think it's not normal. Grief is a normal process that we all must experience and will experience in life. There's no if, buts about it. Okay. So it is this normal conflicting feeling um, that we experience and and we experience it wearing many hats. Um, Oftentimes people think that the only time you grieve is when you lose someone or through the death of someone. But what they don't realize is that grief happens when you break up. Mm-hmm. Grief happens when expectations in a relationship are met. Um, for example, if your parents are these individuals, right? You look up to them. Um, your dad is this rock star. Your mom is this baker, right? And then as you get older in life, you realize they're not the individuals that you thought they should be, right? Um, when you start connecting the dots, sometimes you may be grieving who they were. Or who you thought they were. Or who you thought they were. Okay. Um, And so grief can come up and manifest itself through finances. Um, Grief can manifest itself through a divorce. Grief can manifest itself on the job. Um, As far as you putting in for a promotion and you always get turned down. Grief can manifest Mm -hmm. itself in just how the scheduling of life right now. Like I'm grieving normalcy of just being able to go outside, not worry about a mask, um, go to the beach, not in constant fear of if I go out today, is it really worth it? You know, so I am grieving that normalcy that I had before COVID. Okay. So grief, grief is normal and it can happen for any number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Okay. And not just when someone dies or leaves, mm-hmm. but okay for things like a job, mm-hmm. um, disappointments, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, pet loss. Pet loss. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. Um, and and Mia, we were kind of talking about this, so I'll, I'll pose this: What happens when a couple, friends, two people in a relationship, um when they grieve different family, family, right. You know, Mm -hmm. so if in a family um, they lose a member or maybe they lose a pet or they Mm -hmm. have to move, Mm -hmm. you know, I imagine that they don't all respond the same. And that is normal. I think what I would want to tell your listeners is to beware of the comparison to grieving because even though, for example, let's just say me and I were sisters and we lost our mom right? We both had a separate relationship with our mom. That's one. The second thing is we both grieve differently because my grief process may not represent itself in tears. My grief process may be to block this, this heartache by pouring myself more into work, where Mia may be in the bed 
can't get out, having a hard time, dealing with grief fog, no matter the situation is, you cannot compare. I just, I think I want your listeners to know that just think like your DNA is is different and your fingerprint is different. So is the grieving process for mm-hmm. each individual is different because you learn how to guard your heart from different things differently based on when your heart first broke. Mm. Wow. That was some serious stuff mm. right there. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm so glad that you said that hurting because I think we get inundated with a lot of messages in, you know, the community and, um, on mainstream television of like what grief looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes people expect other people to, to grieve the same way. Mm-hmm. And, um, it creates a little bit of conflict or misunderstanding. Um, and you know, certainly when you're in a grieving process, like, you know, you're, you're sorting out your own emotions in the best way that you know how. Mm-hmm. Um, and, adding to that, um, is also extremely stressful. That is something wrong with me that I'm not grieving in that way. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, like, you know, we lost, you know, our mom, you know, for using the example used before we could have lost our mom and, you know, people have this expectation of what that's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And you have those expectations along with your grief. Yep. Yeah, that makes it much harder. It makes it much harder. And then it's it's not finding the right community. You know, oftentimes when I think about grief and one of my anchors that I teach is, is the connection anchor. And in that connection anchor, there is power in community. And it's finding that right community to help you through the process without judgment. Because I oftentimes I say this, people want to be seen, heard, and validated, but they have to feel safe. Because feeling vulnerable in your emotion of grief is a place where you do not want to feel judged. You do not want to be told, when are you going to get over it? You do not want to be told, well, um, God knows best. You do not want to be told when your heart is broken um, and you're at a place where you're in deep despair over your prayers, your concerns, your frustrations, and all the emotions that come with grieving, you don't want to be judged. You know, I got to say, as as you're saying, you're talking, I think about the times that I've grieved something or someone, Mm -hmm. I, I recognize, and I'm being reminded that I'm the kind of person when I'm grieving, I... I grieve in solitude, you know, I, and I heard you talk about community, mm-hmm. but I find that I don't necessarily look to a community when I'm grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, I may look to one or two people, but even saying that, I don't think it's true. I think I genuinely am the kind of person who decides to be alone when I'm grieving. Um, and I can recall when it's been a problem for other people and even times when you'd be like hey you know let's what's going on I'm like I'm okay but the I that whole community piece I and I see the benefit in that Mm -hmm. because some people do need that level of support 
But I find that for me, just kind of being alone with my thoughts and my emotions in nature, of course, um, <laughs> yeah, helps me in my grieving process. That isn't to say every time I go hiking or camping, I'm grieving, mm -hmm. but that's where I find my comfort. And I have to tell you, that's okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that's where I was going. Like I, your community <laughs> may be the trees. It's the trees. Okay. Your community may be hearing the birds because that's where you feel safe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what I'm saying is for the other individuals who are grieving right now, when their typical grieving pattern was, we're going to meet at the bedside of the hospital bed to say goodbye. They can't do that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And then the other mm -hmm. thing is that we're going to attend a homegoing ceremony where we all gather together and we say our final goodbyes, but we're not even doing that. Right. And so when you say community, just so mm -hmm. we're clear for our listeners, mm -hmm. I, so I automatically went to people, mm -hmm. right? But community, you don't necessarily mean people per se. Community can be a space. It can be uh, in a space. Could be a mindset. It could it could be people, but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be geographically uh, uh, finite. Is what I'm. Yeah, but I want to even challenge you on this, and just saying that at the end of the day, you know, you have someone that you can go to talk to. Mm -hmm. That's I just being knowing who that person is is like knowing that they're your lifeline. Okay. Because at the end of and the day, the tree therapist. cannot talk to you back. It could be a therapist That could be a ther therapist. Okay. It could be, but at some point in your grieving process, there comes a point where you have to, I talk about this in my first anchor is telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And telling mm -hmm. the truth about that heartache may be, may be that sinking anchor of examining the heart. And when you examine the heart, you may need to communicate what you feel. Well, and so for some people, communication may look, may, may be as verbally. Some people, it may be in a journal. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it all depends on who you are, but being very aware of the healthy um, aspect of dealing with your grief and what, processing it. What, what about people who may be impatient with other people and the ways in which they grieve? Mm -hmm. I, for those individuals, I feel the reason that you may be rushing that individual because you want them to get back to normalcy for your sake. Okay. So that's the selfish part of you. And that's not being supportive. So that person is typically not your community for mm -hmm. grief. And that could be your sister yeah. or partner. Yeah. Okay. Because okay. they want you back to normal because you're not being normal as far as like they typically have you. They don't know what to do with you. So it challenged them emotionally and mm -hmm. people really don't like to deal with their emotions. They try their best to avoid their emotions. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I call pacifying behavior. Maybe they deal with, pacifying behaviors by eating. Maybe they deal with pacifying behaviors that by putting in more hours at work, drinking, um, all of these other things that distract you, spending more time on social media, where you do not have to sit in the silent truth of what you're dealing with emotionally. Hmm. Interesting. You know, it makes me think I had an experience when I was younger and, you know, kids grieve 
a little bit different too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Would you say that, Hardeen? Yes. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, I can recall a very significant time in my life where um, my grandpa passed away and my parent had a difficult time with that and would get very angry mm-hmm. and very closed off. And for a kid, I didn't understand what that was or why this parent was being just so in, intense mm-hmm. or not as, I don't want to say loving, but not as like open to receiving, um, you know, kind of that, that normal relationship that, that we had as parent and child, which was very affectionate. It was just very closed off. And as a kid, I didn't understand that. And with that, you know, with things going on in our home and all of that, like it was a very, um, crazy time in my life that I can specifically still remember it, but it arising some conflict with how that person was dealing with such a, such a significant loss and it was to block everything out. Mm-hmm. Um, and not know, and that's, you know, that's a protective factor too. And, and, um, a way that they were dealing with it. And for the other people involved, that are also experiencing the loss, but also now experiencing such a drastic change for the other person. What would you say to those people? Those individuals trying to support the people, you just check in um, and you just remind them. I think one of the thing is that I always say is be truthful and how you respond to grievers. Oftentimes we say to grievers, you know, if you need anything, I'm here. And then when that person muster up enough strength to ask for help, you fail them. Um, And so you fail them by not showing up or um, being truthful to them to the best of your abilities with your action. I think it's very important when you're supporting a griever, you say these things. I do not know how you feel. Because everyone's grieving experience is different. Yes, you both may have lost a mom or yes, you may have lost that job and know what a job has felt like to lose it, but the experience is different. Yes, you both may have experienced bankruptcy, but that's different. And so it's acknowledging that your emotions is your own, but me showing up to support you is going to be me serving you to the best of my ability in that season by saying these things. I don't know how you feel. How can I support you in this season? Hi, we are the Messiah Kids. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. The thing that comes to mind for me, uh, so similar, Mia, to losing your your grandparent, um, my dad died when I was nine. And so as a kid, again, like just like you're saying, you notice these changes in your parent. And um, what I noticed as a kid is that my mother always seemed to be angry. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, you wonder, Ooh, what did we do? What did we forget to do? Like, who called? You know, you kind of, you, you find yourself walking on eggshells a little bit. It wasn't until that I got older 
as a young adult, maybe in my 20s, I'd say, that I realized that my mom was still grieving my dad, also her husband. And mind you, I was nine when my dad died. So this is maybe 15, maybe 20 years later. And so as I look back and as you guys were talking, I'm saying to myself, wow. So, you know, now I, I, I understand, but it doesn't, one, it doesn't change, you know, all those feelings, number one, but it kind of then made me feel just a little upset while I understand because we could have handled it so much differently. You know? But I, I want to tell you this, and I'm glad you talked about the time frame that mom went through because with grief, there is no time frame. Right. And so I, I know, so as a clinician, I know that, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of where. This is kind of where this is an interesting dialogue because everyone here is a clinician and, and everyone here knows grief. And we know what to say and what to do when we're not the griever mm -hmm. and when we're not the supporting friend. Mm -hmm. But when you're in it, mm -hmm. you just want the person to get better. Right. It's a whole different experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so I say that out loud, but that that essentially was the process that I was going through with my mother mm -hmm. while she grieves my dad. And I mean, to some extent, she's still, well, not to some extent, she still is grieving my dad. Mm -hmm. It's just evolved over the years. And I find that as I've understood more, mm -hmm. I've gotten, I've developed more patience and more compassion with my mother, empathy. right? More empathy. And, and I say that to say, and that's like over 20, almost 30 years now. So the time frame, right? If you're going to have that person in your life, don't think 5, 10, 15 years okay already. Mm -mm. You know, that's, that's where I was going uh, uh, with that. I just kind of took the scenic route like I usually <laughs> do. I think I, the, the, the truth of the matter is, like I said earlier, there's no time frame. And every season supporting that individual may look different mm -hmm. because the, the key to this is asking the individual, how can I support you? And sometimes they don't know. And so that's well, where you have to get probably creative and just, instead of asking, just bring the meal. Hey, don't worry about cooking on Wednesday night. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to Uber you a meal or yeah. I'm going to send a meal over or, um, you bring up the topic because oftentimes people try to avoid it, especially if it's a loss mm -hmm. and just, just talk about it with that individual. Yeah. People don't, the people grieving don't know what to say mm -hmm. and neither do the people trying to support. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is a thing that is, that has been passed down from generation to generation because we've never really taught how to process those emotions that come up with grief. Absolutely. And, you know, too, I was just thinking about it when we were talking. Um, a lot of times that I've noticed is, is that, um, of course, different cultures do things differently as well. And 
the person that, you know, maybe passes away, um, it has these, this like ripple effect, um, that, it, you know, it doesn't just end with that person. It, there, there's like these longer effects that happen, um, after someone passes away or something ends, you know, something big ends, whether that's a, a relationship or, you know, a, a, a job that was significant, whatever it has these lasting or not lasting, but it definitely has this ripple effect. Um, and so even with just, there's the event and then there's everything else that happens after that. As a result. Yeah. As a result. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, I just want people to know that this is not a magic pill. It's a process that you actually have to allow yourself to go through to get to a place of my final anchor, which is called restoration, where you restore to a peace by accepting the grief experience and the emotional roller coaster that it may bring in your life. I mean, oftentimes I think you want to run away from it but you're not realizing that you actually have to allow yourselves to go through the emotional process of dealing with the hurt and the pain that comes with grief. Yeah. You got to sit in it. Got to sit in it. You know, I'm thinking about this season that we're in. So this, this COVID season and then this COVID and back to school season. And then essentially it turns into this 2020 season. Um, uh, so you have families, and, and families, I also mean like couples, where everyone is experiencing grief in their own different ways. So it's one thing when you're by yourself, you just kind of be by yourself. But if you have kids and you have parents, and if you guys are um, letting people stay with you, and then they're also grieving, and then you're grieving that can just be a mess. I just, cause there's not a good word for that. Mm -hmm. um, and the kids wish they were in school, but they got to deal with the computers and then the parents wish they were at work, but now they got to deal with the kids. Like That's a lot. that is not a good situation for anyone. Mm -hmm. And so with, with um, the time that we have, the, the few minutes we have left, let's see. Like what specific to the current situation that every the climate that we're in, um, what might we be able to offer, not just grievers, um, but also like families and couples and people in relationships, um, like just as some 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 advice. And before you guys say anything, I'll just add this because I've worked with a lot of couples who just decide the best thing to do is just to separate, just to break up the household. And that then compounds the loss and the grief. You know, oftentimes running feels like the best thing, to, the easiest thing to do. Then actually pulling up your sleeve and dealing with the emotions that comes with grief. Because it's scary. Yeah, but see, so we say dealing with it, right? Dealing is such a broad word, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you know, as clinicians, when we say deal with it, we often say that that means going to counseling, you know? But you can go to counseling and still not deal. A lot of people go to counseling just to babble and have someone listen to them. Um, 
but like when i say deal i mean looking into the mirror and dealing with the honest truth of your situation Mm -hmm. and it could be whatever that thing is but it may be very scary for you because once you have to deal with the truth that means you have to make a decision and it's making the decision part that makes the grieving process um, a little bit harder because now you have to deal with the story that you told yourself about the relationship, which wasn't necessarily true. Mm-hmm. And so in dealing with that, it brings up of a lot of emotions because the moment you have to deal with that, it begins that domino effect of whatever, whatever else you haven't been looking at. Yeah, everything comes tumbling down. Got to rebuild it almost. And so rebuilding it, have you grieve another thing, even though it's for your best? Because now you're like, this was my normal life. And rebuilding may look very scary. You may have to really, really anchor down in faith because you want to know what the next step is going to look like. And you may not know what that looks like because all of it is new to you. Hmm. it's definitely hard and like you were saying to um jameson is you have to sit with it and it's super uncomfortable and i know for me personally being uncomfortable i mean who wants to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but i find that it's very circular. So even if I try to avoid it, the situation or those emotions, they're going to come up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to deal with it. Maybe not today, but it's going to come up maybe in two weeks, maybe tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm going to be forced to, to deal with it because it doesn't go away and it, you'd, you'd prolong it. And as, as uncomfortable as it is to sit with those emotions and explore them. Mm-hmm. And when I say explore them, like, where are they coming from? Mm-hmm. What are you grieving? What about that loss is so significant to you? Why was it mm-hmm. so significant to you? And you know, for me, I talk about it all the time on this podcast, but, um, journaling and reflecting really helps me explore those feelings because Mm -hmm. I have to get it out from my head to paper. Mm -hmm. And when I'm able to do that, um, sometimes that's it. And sometimes it's actually rereading it and Mm -hmm. being like, Oh, and kind of looking at it objectively a little bit more once it's on paper. Um, because, you know, like you were saying, Jameson, I also kind of um, retreat when things get too stressful for me. So I like to be by myself. Now, to Herdeen's point, I also like knowing that when I'm ready, I can go seek those, those supports or that community to get loved up when I need it. Mm-hmm. But for sometimes... Um, you know, when, when things are just completely overstimulating and too much, I definitely retreat and I want to be alone. Um, and for some people that's really difficult to understand because I don't text back right away or I really want to hang out with people, but you know, the day comes and I still feel kind of crappy and then I'm a little bit more flighty. And, um, 
you know, just those things and exploring those things and giving yourself time to explore that and, and being okay with that is also um, important too. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know, one, give one, your permission. It's, it's, it's really giving yourself permission not to be okay. Mm -hmm. And that is a hard pill to swallow because we've never been taught how to just say I'm sad. And I need time to heal. It's almost been regarded as selfish in some ways to take time for yourself and um, tell your significant other, like, I need my time. I need me time. Me time in, in, our, in our society right now is like, you know, looked down upon in some ways. I know there's a big trend in self-care. Um, yeah, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, yeah. <laughs> you pick and choose. <laughs> um, but really, it's kind of regarded as like selfish, even like to throw therapy in there. People don't seek therapy for a bunch of different reasons, but it's sometimes regarded as self-indulgent. Mm -hmm. um, and so just even communicating that need to your family, to your significant other, to work, um, is it can be really challenging too but it like can you be said very very challenging especially if you have the hat of a husband or the hat of a wife or the hat of a parent and your grief experience maybe i just want to be left alone i don't want to have to worry about what another individual is going to eat for the day i don't want to have to worry about um what's happening but that's why it's very vital that you have someone that you can communicate with babe this is really not a good day i need you to um step in in this season i'm much stronger than you typically do but oftentimes in those relationships then you draining out the partner which cause can cause a, another process because grief really has no timeline how mm -hmm. long are you going to be like this because I, I won't be able to do this for so long yeah. and so mm -hmm. it 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 is um it it can be a very complex thing this thing called grief because your grief journey is saying, I just want to be left alone. Like, I don't want to be bothered by my job. I don't want to be bothered by the people in the grocery store. I don't even want to go to the grocery store, you know? But the truth of the matter is the life doesn't stop going. You're still going to get invited to birthday parties. You're still going to get invited to family events. And you have to learn to navigate those emotions where you don't regret the process where it becomes a double-edged sword where yes, you were grieving, but then you missed out on being a present wife or a present mom. So you have to find balance. Well, what I want to stick in here is that we, and like you guys are saying, yeah, we have to make time for the grief. I actually have to write that down. Mm -hmm. Um, now, time is one of these indicators that we use as clinicians when we're working with clients. So the grief process is a process that has no set time. But depending on how we're functioning and operating or how we're not functioning, then potentially we could be stepping into a different realm and, and where we're talking about depression in clinical depression or major depression, and mm -hmm. that might require even further and much more intense intervention. 
Now, that is not this episode, but um, we do want to make that, put that little caveat in there that there's grief and then there's depression. And the two of them are not to be handled the same way. So we definitely want to know once we've transitioned from one to another. But I do want to say, too, they can look very similar. Absolutely. So just be aware of that because it definitely, they can look a lot alike. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, This has been one of the heavier conversations we've had on a weekend edition. Um, I'm okay with that. It's needed. And Mm -hmm. so if we got you feeling a little heavy, uh, not fat, just heavy, weighed down. Um, go take a break. Go for a walk. Um, maybe you need to call. Maybe you need to check in with someone. Maybe you need to have a conversation. So feel free to do that. Perhaps you want to reach out also, to us. Also, yeah, think, you can think of us too as your community to come back to and also Herdeen's podcast as well. Yeah, definitely. We're here. We're on social media. Um share this pass it on don't keep it to yourself check out her dean check out the resources out there and and that's another thing the community piece i just want to add there's lots of resources out there don't feel like you have to just find it within your set community you may have to branch out you may have to call on people you you don't know and that is okay all right Um, leave us a review let us know what you thought of this show Um, and after you've done that be sure to come back for our regular Wednesday edition and then the regular weekend editions and uh, continue to commune with us (laughs) yeah like what I did there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah listen thank you guys for joining us for this installment Uh, we look forward to having you yet again for another episode of Relationship Renegade and thank you, Herdeen, for joining us. And Herdeen, what's the name of your podcast? Redefining Grief Podcast with Herdeen Mercier. Mm-hmm. Go follow her. <laughs> I- iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts everywhere. You guys be good. Take care of yourselves. Bye.